1: Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free terms of supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast
2: is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. injury time. Injury time.
0: Injury time. Knockout takes. Almunia saves. Knockout follows it! saves again. And now what for it-
1: You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. So not a great result on Saturday, uh, losing 3-2 to QPR. Um, we've sort of talked about that to death on the, uh, on the spaces, but... Still not sure why that goal wasn't given. I still haven't seen a good enough reason why that goal wasn't allowed, and it should have been a three or draw. Well,
2: well, well. I I, I do enjoy it. Uh, Alan Lathwell, who normally gives us the word on the referee, who is a, uh, a, a an official both for a league, and I'm sure kind of qualified, has been having various discussions on on Twitter explaining why actually it was offside for the fact that when the ball is first played in, Sar is offside, and he makes the action to jump for it, and it's the action that makes it obvious. Obviously, Alan, if you're going to come in here and bring your facts and reason onto Twitter. Of course, it's not going to go down well when we're we're all rabid partisan. He did also say, "Yeah, it's a pisser," but what can you do?
0: Yeah, and nof- nothing to do with the fact that he was a Luton fan. The referee, the fact that he wore the orange shirt is just distinct. Should, should be investigated by the FA. I'm or, or,
1: leave the Football League. One of the yeah, yeah. Oh well, look, you know, it was. It's our first. Defeat of the season, it is a home defeat, it's to QPR, all those things hurt. Um, But we move on, we move on, and we look ahead to our match against Middlesbrough on tuesday so yes we haven't got a, a middlesbrough fan or a middlesbrough podcast to speak to unfortunately we weren't able to uh, to get hold of one but i do have a
2: prediction for later on when we do the predictions
1: how do we see
2: this one going well before we do that i have created a potted history of middlesbrough football club in place of having somebody from middlesbrough oh wow okay i mean i mean when it happened with birmingham they just didn't bloody turn up whereas middlesbrough i don't know internet hasn't reached there something like that so anyway are you are you ready for the I, unofficial history I, of Middlesbrough.
0: I, I am so excited.
2: Middlesbrough FC were formed in 1876. They first played at various venues before, with the club and football growing in size, they moved to Ayrton Park, where the stadium was designed by the famous stadium designer Archie Bald Leach. What a great name! Great name. He's not that famous. Be, be, I've never heard of him. Yeah. Well, well, Archibald Leach is actually the the name of John Cleese in A Fish Called Wanda. There you go. Oh, be, right. Being a stadium designer in those days, I have to say, must have been a piece of piss because anybody who ever looked at Ayrson Park would realise that the word design was... <laughs> Archibald Leach also invented the term money for old rope. I mean... <laughs> It was ostensibly four covered sheds with seats at either side and a distinct smell of urine at either end. I mean, you know, it's, design takes it too far. Originally nicknamed Borough, but occasionally and far more endearingly, I think, known as the Smoggies, which is a reflection of the air quality in a working class and heavily industrialised town. I recognise one of those when I see them. (laughs) Notable players pre-war included Wilf Mannion and George Hardwick. And, of course, this was before the war, when it was obligatory for footballers to either be called Wilf or George. (laughs) So, in the 60s, they saw a certain Brian Clough bag 204 goals in 222 games before moving to Sunderland and quickly suffering a career-ending injury, thus confirming once again that very little good will ever come by going to Sunderland. (laughs) In 1974, Jack Charlton became manager and gained promotion to the top flight. Middlesbrough won their first silverware, winning the 1975-76 Anglo-Scottish Cup. Yeah, I you know. Oh, England, hang on, Scotland, it only ran for six seasons, and they won the two a two legged final of the Anglos. Can you imagine the fixture congestion now? Going, no. What you need to do is you need to play two games in the English Scottish <laughs> Cup, and the, and Middlesbrough go. That's brilliant. We're near Scotland, don't have to travel far. Who's the opponent? Fulham. Bloody brilliant. Love it. <laughs> In the 80s, financial difficulties occurred and the club even had to borrow £30,000 from the PFA to pay player wages and they dropped into the third tier. The liquidator was called in, the club was wound up and the gates to Ayrson Park were padlocked. Many people at the club thought this was the worst worst thing that could possibly happen until, obviously, they signed Trevor Senior. But... (laughs) With the club looking like it would fold permanently for me, the real genuine hero of the club who is still the current owner is a guy called Steve Gibson. He formed a consortium and the club was saved with 10 minutes ago before registering for the league would have run out and the club could have ended permanently at that point. Instead under Gibson, they went on and basically kind of bankrolled by his gas and liquid hauling company, because ICI are a big industrial manufacturer up there. That's where he made his fortune. Um, he kind of bankrolled the club and they moved into the Riverside stadium where they are now and went on some glory years. They bought in Brian Robson as a player manager and the club was promoted to the premier league. And to go along with their swanky new ground, what on earth was that to go along with their swanky new stadium, they, they bought in players that Middlesbrough fans couldn't have believed probably five or six years prior to it. Players like Janinho, Emerson, Fabrizio Ravanelli, Christian Zieger. Paul Ince when he was still quite good and Paul Gascoigne when he really wasn't. However, a difficult season saw them not turn up at Blackburn for a fixture and have the game awarded to Blackburn 3-0 as a result, but a three-point deduction imposed on Borough. The three-point deduction proved the difference in the table at the end of the year and they were relegated. That's the same year that they reached both domestic cup finals and lost them both. Good year. Steve McLaren replaced Robson and the borough got back up to the Premier League and went on to win the League Cup against Bolton Wanderers. Who knew that the Fulham final would be seen as the glamour tie? Um, But they won the League Cup. First thing they really properly won in terms of senior Uh, win and it qualified them for the UEFA Cup which returning to former traditions they lost in the final 4-0 to Sevilla. Gareth Southgate took over and a slow and steady decline took place in both interest in football under Gareth Southgate and of course divisional status. Middlesbrough are now very much an established championship club plying themselves under manager Chris Wilder who has a great track record of promotions with his former sides. Some players who have played for both sides. Oh, go on. Yeah, yeah. Brit Britt Asombalonga, Yeah. Willie Faulkner, Willy a, a player Faulkner. who really should have been existing pre-war under yes. the, the previous rules. Paul Wilkinson. Trevor Senior. I mean, I'm stretching mm-hmm. the word player there, I grant you. uh, Trevor Senior, I mentioned, Neil Cox,
1: the wonderful
2: Neil Cox, 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 one of the funniest footballers I've listened to, I have to say, Uh, Ashley Fletcher, one of the funniest descriptions of a footballer I've ever seen, Danny Graham, and of of course, Trevor Putney, renowned for Carl asking who the fuck is Trevor Putney, he played (laughs) for both Middlesbrough and Watford, and there you go, that's the official history, unofficially, of Middlesbrough FC. Well, well done, Peter. Well done. Pretty comprehensive stuff. that stuff.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I remember Coxie uh, playing for Middlesbrough because he told us a story about him and Ravenelli having a bit of a punch up, didn't he, when he came on the, <laughs> when he came on the, <laughs> the
2: podcast. Yes. Well, I think I, I think Coxie wouldn't be slow in coming forward if there was an argument to be had at some point. And uh and yes, a different a difference of opinion I think was uh, was decided with a physical blow, I think with yeah. the
0: um- Can we throw a couple of other uh, names into the hat there for a a, a link with Watford anyway? Uh, Gareth Gareth Southgate, who, of course, you've mentioned, was born in Watford. He was. Born next door, wasn't he? He Yes. Uh, And there there was a particular loanee that isn't uh, very popular um, in the world anymore who spent some prison... Time, yes,
2: I, I did not not to
0: include
2: <laughs> a, um,
0: a certain person there. Um, one 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 yeah. of
2: many, one of many with a dubious past, except. a dubious,
0: a dubious history. Yeah.
2: yeah, but he also, I believe, had gone to Sunderland at that point. Once again, presuming the curse there of we are. Sunderland. Oh, there yes. you go, there you
1: go. I do remember when we were in the uh, Premier League for the first time, uh, and when Middles- Middlesbrough came down and handed it to us, absolutely. Mulardus. I remember Janino having a brilliant game yeah. that game and just thinking, God, to have players like that playing for us when we had, I don't know, Graveline up front or whoever it was at the time. Um, but I also remember, I think we, we beat them when um, they were expected to beat us. They had, um, was it was it Woodgate they had playing for him on loan? Yeah, 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 Jonathan Woodgate. And um, I, I seem to remember thinking, oh, we're not going to win this. And we, we actually did. So I don't. I don't recall there ever being really any bad ties against Middlesbrough in terms of bad blood or um, us getting whopped or them getting whopped. I just, just remember, you know, you know fairly decent matches against Middlesbrough so yeah
2: this is going to be um yeah.
1: interesting i think well
2: there there is there are some games that, that 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 I recall when Robson first took over at the season they were riding high at the top of the uh, top of the table and um we we played them at our place it was on the telly and there was a a ball played and and Robson was playing he was playing manager when he first there a ball got played centrally to the kind of um uh, to their left as it kind of intersected with the uh, with the penalty area and kevin miller who was a superb goalkeeper at the time um came charging out and made a made a play for the ball and where we were sitting in in the in the what's now the family stand you could see that miller went went for the ball and robson hurdles him but throws himself over and it's straight red card for denying a clear goal scoring opportunity because robson was heading towards the corner flag go figure but you know brian, brian robson's on the pitch and receiving treatment so no he has to go so they bring on perry digweed never never a hallmark of quality i grant you but we, we we went down to 10 men and we drew one all now my mate who i sat next to right took real umbrage with this so much so this is in the 90s there's no there's no email to really talk of he wrote a handwritten letter to uh to brian robson exclaiming to him how disappointed he was that he should fake injury in order to have a fellow professional sent off he received back a handwritten letter on Middlesbrough paper from Brian Robson exclaiming that he didn't do that and in fact he had then after because he was the, the England coach at the time in the 90s um, he had gone to the England camp and received treatment from a certain Dave Butler the physio unbeknownst to Brian Robson me and our circle we know Dave Butler and so my mate rang him up and went did you receive treatment he went no, he went right. I'm writing back to Brian Robinson. This went, is brilliant. Just, just stop. Just stop at that moment. If you've got a handwritten, you've won. You've won already. He's not going to receive it. And go. Oh God.
0: God's sake. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. That is
1: absolutely brilliant. Loving. Uh,
2: there you go. The, the other two games that really kind of that are, are in my memory were the one in 2015 where Borough came down to Watford and we were really looking. Really looking like we might be doing something under a certain uh, uh, Slavica Jokanovic. And we got a couple of goals and one of them was an absolute corker from Odionigalo, who was simply on fire. Um, But for me, and for me, the biggest reason why I hold Borough absolutely dear to my heart was the game following the passing of Graham Taylor. Which was a dull nil-nil draw, and it was full of emotion. And about five, you know, everybody stood and they were respectful and they did, you know, the borough fans were great that day. But what they did on about the fifth minute was they started the chant of one Graham Taylor.
1: Hmm.
2: Not anyone else, they did it. For that, they will have my eternal gratitude, as they brought yet another tear to my eye that day, and many others, no doubt. Yeah. I like I like them for that alone, providing they lose on Tuesday.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. The little caveat at the end there. The the sense of mentality has gone out the window. As long as
2: they lose, as on long Tuesday. as they lose. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, so I was looking at the packet. My sincerity had a sell point date tomorrow, so I had to go. <laughs> oh, I see. Got you. Got you.
1: Um, well, I, I, it's hard to sort of um, predict how this is going to go, to be honest with you, because I don't really know a lot about the current team. I mean, can you name any people we should be looking out for in the Middlesbrough team? that
2: will be well, on the pitch tomorrow? On. Well, they've got Alex Mowat, who was last Blackburn, season at... Yeah. at, at uh, no, no, he was last season at... uh oh, West, know, Brom. West, West Brom. West Brom. West Brom. Um, and the season prior to that was known because he was at Barnsley and he scored an absolute screamer past Ben Foster when we went up there in about the fourth minute and nothing else happened in the game. So he's sitting there in their central midfield. They've got Houston, who's always a good player. They have just signed... Uh, Matt Clark from Brighton as the left side kind of centre-back. Wilder always plays with three centre-backs and so he wanted a, a left-sided centre-back. Sound familiar anybody? Absolutely. Mm. As Courtney Howes was brought in, Clark was knocked off of our list and he's, he's now signed. They've also got uh, Duncan Watmore. He's quite a useful player. They've had a they've had a sort of an iffy start but it just shows how tight the championship is that they're on six points all the time they have played this 352 formation which uh, Wilder got known for when he was at Sheffield United and and was was kind of the the thing you have to look for is that unlike our center backs who you know basically pass the ball across the back and the back and the back and just keep it no go their their side center backs can bomb on and quite often overlap their wing-backs. He's far more organised in that than we are seemingly at the moment. So it'll be an interesting tactical battle because I think Wilder knows what he's doing and they'll know what they're doing possibly more than we do.
1: Well, after after Saturday's performance, I don't know, it's... uh... So it seems to be that anything can happen now. Really, I, I thought we had a bit of a fortress, and I thought we were, you know, looking good for not leaking goals in. But um, to uh, to allow in three at home, was...
0: Cabacelli was shopping in the Harlequin during some of those. Yeah, you know, I the, think those, he was... those goals. He, he was so far out of out of place. But I, I think I said it on the the spaces that midfield is is a massive concern for me. We've been caught out a couple of times now. We got away with it at uh, West Brom. I just, I don't know. There's just, we're desperate for loser to come back, but just desperate for someone to get in there and actually control the game for us because it just looks like three individuals sit sitting there, and ugh, I don't know. I just think we're getting overrun week after, you know, week after week in in that midfield, and yeah, Middlesbrough are on a little bit of a run now. Um, they they beat QPR. They're not having the, you know, it's a, I guess, a similar season to us at the moment. You know, they're not pulling up any trees, but yeah, I think they're a dangerous side, so it's going to be a tough game i think tomorrow night
1: well i also you know i don't know whether you're going to be starting with manai he went off injured didn't he against yeah. against qpr yeah. so it'll be interesting to see who he starts with up up top um every time i see sar's name on the uh, on the on the lineup i think oh brilliant and then every time during a match i think get this guy off he just isn't contributing anything i, don't, I really don't know what he contributed on 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 saturday against qpr Honestly, he's in the luxury player category for me now. I honestly don't mm. think he brings anything to the table. And the sad thing is, there's no one putting pressure
0: on his position that I can see. No, game. no. I I, 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 still, I still maintain that he could potentially be one of the worst transfers we've ever had no, in, in terms of money and and what he's what he's actually producing. I don't think he's he's there, and, and he's not on Andre Gray's level by any stretch of the imagination. But it, it, you know, pound for pound, what we're actually getting out of him is, is very little, like, especially lately. But you, you talk to opposition
1: fans all the time. You say, which players they're, do you think you should be yeah. looking out for? They're going, oh, so you know, Sarr. So, why? Based on what? Because mm. you know, of... they're,
0: they're still watching videos of him tearing apart Liverpool, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's but, what it can be. I mean, you've called him a luxury player. I've called him a player of moments. And I think the difference is the luxury player is the player of moments who doesn't produce the moments. You know, it, it, no, no better example of that than West Brom can 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 score from you know 50 yards out but but failed so we you know basically you know we've had reports that the ball has finally reached the goal line in West Brom I mean it was so under hit as a penalty yeah ridiculous yeah, um, so, so, yeah he's for he
0: summed up, though, isn't it? That he's very game. frustrated
2: I think I think the problem is and this probably adds weight to those people who say are the hierarchy supporting Rob Edwards play the football he wants to play and some people will come back and say well we've spoken to Rob and he has said Very nice things and everything is fine and everything is great and everything is fluffy. Of course he has. He's just had to step up two divisions. He's at a club where he's trying to make the the mark and he knows that if he turns around and goes, no, the board have actually done my legs from under me. There's no way another club are going to take him. He has to say the right thing. I get that completely. And and he's probably quite happy with what has actually come in in some parts, although I think he probably looks at Manoy and, and Bio like the rest of us do on occasions. That being said, when Manoy was up front and Yao Pedro was playing... In in behind him, we started as a four, two, three, one. I said on the spaces, we'd looked more solid as a three at the back, but we gave that up in order to basically have that four, two, three, one in order to accommodate SAR. You've got to put him in a shape that's gonna that's gonna work for him. So you can use Manoi as a workhorse. He's gonna throw himself in, he's gonna try and be physical. He's not gonna be particularly showy because the forward player in that four, two, three, one, you can almost sacrifice him to just being, you know, just go and occupy those players, go and do that. And it, it looked reasonable. And the moment Manoi went off and we lost Pedro, who was being really influential, dropping into that role, he went up, but then we weren't keeping the ball. So he'd then drop into areas. So when we did win it, He wasn't in that forward area for us to kind of locate. So I I think the shape has to be right for us, for whoever we kind of be bringing in. Um, And I think that the squad problems that that Rob has and presented to him on a daily basis are the reason why we changed that shape because he probably looked at Gaspar and said, no, I can't play him right wing back. Not because he didn't go and contribute and put a reasonable ball across at Birmingham. That's one thing. The problem is when you play three at the back is the danger is that the opposition put the ball over the back of the wing back and draw one of those centre backs out of position what you need and the reason why you need speed or somebody who's got a lot of running in them they might not have extra quality Ethan Laird being a case in point for example but he's got pace going forward and he's got pace going back and he's got an engine that will run all day Gaspar does not have that um, you know we saw that with Kiko even though he had a good engine going forward sometimes going backwards he, was, he, he wasn't as quick it tends to be a young person's position it tends To be a workhorse's position, because they've got to cover that entire flank, and that's something where you know why so many people are, in my view, quite rightly and understandably saying if you're going to play that right wing back position, you've got to give him a right wing back. It's not like it's more important than the left wing back, but at the moment we've got our prime left wing back, who I would suggest is Kamara, who I don't think is necessarily that great at left back because he attacks and bombs on and leaves the space there as well, but. At least he can get up and back. He's got the engine for it. But no, we're playing Semmer, who's done who's done well I- I- in spells, but we're, we're taking last year's player of the season and sticking him over on the right. We've all said about it all season. If that is the solution to the problem, then you're not solving the problem. Hmm.
1: I think the other True. thing is, uh, as well, is we need a little bit of perspective because at the end of last season, we everybody said, not just us, everybody said, look, let's rebuild, let's start again, let's give Edwards time, let's see what happens, um, and let's, you know, if it takes two seasons or whatever to to to, to climb back up, then that's what it takes. But unfortunately, we're football fans, we're impatient, we want to see immediate results, we want to see everything rosy, you know, right at the beginning of the season, we want to start flying we want to make maintain that and you know go through the season unbeaten invincible it ain't going to happen um, and I think if we do end up staying in this division at the end of the season a lot of people are going to go well that wasn't good enough why didn't they recruit properly why this that and the other but we all said at the beginning of the season it doesn't matter we need to make sure that we are supporting a homegrown young talent manager and improving on last season which let's not forget was dire was absolutely appalling. I mean, we would have given our right arm for some of the results that we've already seen this season. Not not the QPR one, but you know, drawing away to, to to West Brom or or you know drawing away to another strong team or beating a very strong team on the opening game of the season or whatever it is we've done, keeping clean sheets we'd have given our right arm for that last season. So I think yes. a bit of patience and a little bit of recognition as to where we are now compared to where we were last season in terms of, you know, just every game turning up knowing you were going to get knocked or, you know, it was just absolutely horrible last season. So I, I, although obviously, I you know, I want to see us win every game and I want to see a, a great... Squad and the rest of it, you know, there are there is improvement already, and some of the doom mongers amongst the, our cohort will, you know, then they'll never be happy. But um, yeah, I think we have to kind of just take uh, a balanced view of things,
0: really. Benjamin, yeah. our, our good friend Benjamin uh, Bloom, um, summed up the game quite well, I think, in, in his in his last YouTube video, and he said that three two loss to QPR was just the championship doing its thing. It was just an absolute mental game, and it was a it was a mental game. If entertainment wise, it was brilliant. Oh, if you were a um, neutral, that would have been. Oh, it had everything. It had it, Yeah, it had everything. And and you know, look at QPR's first goal. I mean, one of the worst deflections that you can possibly imagine, and it just went in slow motion into that bottom corner. Um, and I, I still believe that we're you know Rob doesn't know his strongest team. He's still playing around with things. He's still got a lot of players on the fringes that, you know, two lone that he's got to still bring in and, and look at who, you know, uh, Davis appears to be unwell, whether that's COVID or whatever, or just fitness. The uh, Is it House? Horse? Howser. House. House, Howser. yeah. He, he, again, no match fitness. No, Both of them haven't had a preseason, so they're going to take time to come in. We've got loser to come back as well. So there's still a lot of positives in the background waiting to come through. And uh, on another day, and I still think this will happen. You know, we'll we'll turn up somewhere or someone will come to the trade, and we'll absolutely spank them. You know, look at Burnley. Burnley um, put five past Wigan, and they, they again they haven't exactly pulled up trees this season. But it, it's just the the championship is a bonkers league, and we said that at the very beginning when we when we got involved in it again. We, we're going to have times that don't roll our way, and we're going to have um, occasions that. us us as a fan base and summing up what Justin's just said there is is exactly right that we have to stick together we have to stick behind Rob because this is what we wanted we wanted a big change at the club and it it takes time and I'm sure in six months time we'll all be going bloody hell this is good this is fantastic and what, what we're talking about now will be irrelevant really
1: yeah well, that's it, isn't it? I mean,
2: we're only still in the first month of the season.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a month in. You I know. think.
2: I think. I think to try to bring some balance to it. I think if I was Rob Edwards, I would be sitting where Vladimir Ivic was on the left back issue. Vladimir Ivic mm. said, "The thing I need is a left back," and they went, "Oh, right, okay. Here, have another right winger." You know, it was like, yes. what? <laughs> uh, you know you know, we've, we've called out for, and I mean, I've called out Scheretta. I think he's, I think he's the emperor's new clothes. I think he's absolutely caught cool. Talked about money for old rope earlier. I mean, it, we're now trying to look at the domestic situation. There's talk about, we bought somebody else in to potentially look at that as, I don't know, Cristiano Scheretta goes and catches butterflies in South America or whatever. <laughs> right. The the thing we, everybody knew, everybody knew the moment that we bought in Rob Edwards, that you look at his player of the season, last season, was Kane Wilson? Has he pulled up trees at Bristol City? No, he'd only played. I don't know what it was since, but I looked at him Saturday morning. He played fifty-seven minutes of football. But Kane Wilson would have given us the flexibility to have moved Kamara back over the other side, whereas playing Gaspar there doesn't give you the legs. We knew that a uh, wing backs were positions that we needed to have. Femenia, as mentioned earlier on, okay, logistically and for for family reasons, he had to move back to Villarreal. That that that's fine. We get that, but you've got to bring in a replacement that's going. To be able to play that formation that you want, that your manager is expressing that he wants to play. If he's playing that formation, chances are for me it's because he knows that two centre backs at the at the base of our defence aren't good enough. He wants to have three in there to condense the space, and we saw what happened when we had the ball coming in to, to you know, against two centre backs on on Saturday. You know, it wasn't clever. So three of them help congest the area. It helps, space You know, if they understand the system, it can work. But for that, you need to have a right wing back. Instead, we played a four-two-three-one because the balance hasn't been right going forward. The problem is also he's having to accommodate Saar when he thought he was going to be out on, you know, going out. I think the the issue and where the club have got some uh, some sympathy from everybody is we thought Saar and at one point we thought Pedro were going out. That should have bought in monies that didn't seemingly come in we've suddenly had this this thing with with uh camera in terms of 16 million coming in we hope that that is to grease the wheels of the last week of the transfer window which we're now in a lot of people on the very plus and positive to the club side have been saying to the people on the negative side all over social media wait until the transfer window is closed and then we can make a decision if we keep SAR and we keep pedro then we need to bring in a right wing back if we lose one of them we need a forward and we need a right wing back and we need to basically take his his finger out of his proverbial and, and, and start producing because we know he can he did rip up this league two years ago and he's more than capable of doing it again and i think he's not uh, i don't think he's throwing toys out of the brown i just think he's got a, a a bit of a body language kind of sulky sulky look about him on occasions he wants to do well and sometimes he's not but he does need to become that player who produces those moments still Could
1: be worse, you could be the bloke running the Twitter account that's putting a picture up of uh, bio every day until he scores. He's (sighs) going to be busy, isn't he, eh? brilliant yes. today's <laughs> yeah. ones we put one, some today's one carry up, on abroad i think it's uh <laughs> yeah. St. james and barbara Windsor. It's absolutely fantastic
2: oh dear
1: well shall we um shall we go <sighs> into let's predictions
2: and yeah let's get on to predictions so we have a prediction from a middlesbrough fan and as always we start with our with our guest our guest not being here today doesn't change that so Justin, what is the who is the the, uh, the the Middlesbrough fan and what is their prediction for the school line tomorrow night?
1: So the Middlesbrough fan is a chap I used to do taekwondo with back in the day. Um we both failed oh, we both failed oh, our black belt grading at the same time. So oh, I, I didn't know you did taekwondo to a high level, I'll be nicer
0: to you in the future. I, I
1: used to. We're talking where are we now? Twenty yeah, probably about eighty. He does years look ago. good in the
0: dressing gown. How would you know this? Um, <laughs> Too much information. So his name
1: is Peter Goodchild, and he's been good enough to give us a prediction. He is going tomorrow, by the way, um, but he's sitting in a box, would you believe? He's, oh. in the, he's Ooh, in very the, plush. He's in the Bugler's box, wherever that is. Anyway, he has predicted a 3-1 win for Middlesbrough. Oh, confidence. Conf-
2: confident, very yeah. confident, I would say. Yes. Confidence, confidence, confidence. Well, currently... The league is being led by you, Justin. So it's an opportunity for Carl to uh, to have the uh, yeah, <laughs> Can, to go can we mention the uh, the uh, fantasy league as well? Oh, oh this, yeah, oh yeah. We'll have period. to mention that. We'll have to mention that. Yeah, somebody. We've got two people here who are both leading leagues, and none of them are Watford. So. <laughs> <Carlos>. <laughs> Carlos, come on in. What's your, what's your prediction for tomorrow night? Knowing full is it, well is that it if my, my, my goal? I thought Justin was going first. This no, 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 no. You get it. The, the, the the player who is lowest in the league starts first.
0: Oh, OK. Excellent. There you so I'm go. starting most weeks. This gives me, me a great. really
1: unfair advantage. We let the other
0: lot we'll go, like, go uh, first. It's, and then it's calm, really and I... doing it's doing you a lot of harm, isn't it? I'm left with, like, Obson's choice by the time all this has happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Choice. Yeah. Because Justin was
2: rushing to the three-one to Middlesbrough option, I'm sure. Yeah, but Justin, you can't. There's two reasons you can't object to it. One, I'm the judge, and secondly, I just invented it, so you haven't had time to object to it. Yeah,
0: I see. Carlos, what what is your what is your scoreline? Do you think what what's going to happen I'm, tomorrow night? I'm going to go for a reaction from Watford. I think there'll be uh, a positive one, so I'm actually going to go for Watford two, Middlesbrough one. Oh, he's gone positive.
2: He's gone. So we go over to Hobson. For his choice. Hello, <laughs> how are you? <ya? laughs> um, Says Pete, backpedalling. Now he's found out about taekwondo. <laughs> um, I'm
1: going to go for a one-one draw. I, I just, I just think there's not enough in us at the moment to, to get a win. From what I've seen the last few matches. So
0: yes, I'm going to go for a one-one draw. One-one draw. There we are.
1: And there'll so probably we're... be
0: only be about thirty Middlesbrough fans there. Thank yeah, could you could you fine. blame them do you want to? Do you no, want to no I them? could no stuff that that's no a, I wouldn't be doing that. I will tell you and what, they, QPR field, they're they're the
2: allocation the other day it's because they all live in
0: Watford uh, that <laughs> yeah. might
2: be it yeah that could be it of course <laughs> yeah as, as, as Carlos said on your on your video you know that side of northwood it's it's predominantly QPR isn't it so you know <laughs> yes it's, yeah it's a it's a, they got the catchment and they've got the win. that's so. why I currently
0: find myself in Leicestershire so that I'm not getting abuse so we will see how the game goes on
2: Tuesday when we should we should be resplendently wearing the Newcastle style kit, the black and white third kit, yep. uh, which my son now has and uh, is very pleased with. Thinks it's very, very nice indeed. It's nice. I like the,
1: the little button up bit on the uh, at the front. I think that looks quite nice. Um, it fits quite nicely as well. I've got to say, if you uh, if you know your size, then you won't be disappointed by the room inside the uh, inside the t-shirt if you uh if you just
0: get so much on this podcast nobody
1: else gives this today nobody else (laughs) i actually watched i've never ever had a a name and number put on a shirt before first time i've ever had it done because i think that black panel at the back yeah it looks it it, it needs printing yeah it needs printing so i went and had uh, some printing done oh i didn't realize how long it took and the care they took over it it's a lot of care yeah yeah they put it all in this sort of little template thing and he puts the middle letter on first and then builds the template round it's it's very very clever and interesting to watch although there's a big thick screen between you and the guy doing the printing so there's me going so do you do all the printing for all the players shirts here and he totally ignored me so yes i i will be wearing my black and white kit tomorrow i think as a as a Probably the only time we get to wear it, I would have thought, or see our team wear it this season.
0: I do hope we wear it at Sunderland away. I know we won't because they're, they're red and white stripes, but I'd love to wear it away what do at they, What did Newcastle wear at Sunderland away? Do they not they, wear it? It, No, it's normally their away kit, yeah.
1: Is it? Normally
2: normally Newcastle wear a smug face when they go to Sunday. Next. yes, <laughs> yes. Um, anyway yes um
1: I, I, well I think that's it isn't it we're done it's um we're done by make sure you join I us think on, we are yeah make sure you join us on the spaces afterwards that's uh, something that some days goes on for two hours
2: <laughs> uh, but this, is a, this is an evening one we'll we'll, we'll we'll finish before midnight everybody don't worry about oh, that match,
0: match day vlog coming as well so uh, please uh, like and subscribe for that much appreciated uh, huge views for the uh, Queens Park Rangers game, so thank you for that. I did yes, hear sorry.
1: from Roy that the sorry, just to cut over there that the eighteen eighty one the bunker isn't going to be up until the Reading
0: match. When Reading is, game, when yeah, is that's that? correct. When is that? A good couple of weeks away, isn't it?
1: Blimey, It'd be nice to get back in there, wouldn't it? Pre match, yeah,
0: yeah. He's um, he's not very happy, bless him, is Roy. But got some building work that they've they've had to had to sort out. As soon as that's done, back down the bunker.
1: Absolutely, gets a bit crowded a bit in the that. red line, doesn't it? Pre games, a bit like, oh, I yeah. can't move, I can't move. Yeah, I don't
0: go. I I tend not to. <clears> to Visit the red line wherever possible because five pound for a flat pint of beer is not my cup of tea. But anyway, other, <laughs> other pubs are available. Ciao, Francesco. <laughs> yeah, ciao, Francesco. Just put some fizz in your beer, mate. Come on.
2: I have to say, if we ever get to the point—and let's face it, this is this is highly unlikely—of creating our own ale. I think we should we should have it called Carlos's not my cup of tea. That's that's
0: that's, that's a craft beer waiting to be yeah, created. If, it, if it's a, if it's a brown beer, I'm not interested. Absolutely not. Are you not? Are you not, I we can't stand brown beer. It's, can you not? It's something that 50 plus people drink. It's you know horrible.
1: I, I I prefer I think a real ale to a lager. I, no, I, I honestly do, particularly no. if it's a good. This, it's disco piss. It's horrible. It's not disco piss. It's lovely. This I mean don't get me wrong if you're going to go out for a couple of drinks before a game no one wants to sit there with a pint of London Pride or unless you're everybody know,
0: that buys a brown beer goes oh, yeah that's lovely all the hops and you know,
1: yes yes, it's got no. taste to it. It's got taste to it. Lager lager is kind of you know very gassy. I know you always have a top which is uh, yeah. you know yes, that, that, it says tastes, it take, that says it all. That says it all. That's the the shit taste. You're trying to take yeah. away the taste. Exactly, yeah. I'm trying to take no, away like the taste shit, yeah. of my favourite drink by putting lemonade in the top. But no, I think a, a good, you know, a good decent bitter. You see, you don't
2: get this, do you, on WD18? No, I love, I love it when people get when they're when they're tasting wine and they're going. Yes, yes, and now I taste, I taste oak, and I, I taste a hint of cherry, and I, t- and I just want to go, fuck off, it smells of wine. <laughs> it's That's wine, what it tastes, it like.
0: tastes, it tastes of, wine. of wine. It's great, yeah, just drink oh, it. My just it be done. <laughs> oh,
2: my I'm, word. I'm, I'm shocked, however, that Carlos doesn't like, you know, real ale. Because he's, no, got the, can, he's got the he's got the beard and everything, you know. You I would have. think that, that would got, be. A,
0: I've got the you, facial features of a real ale drinker, you, but I you, but I really dislike it. You could pass at a folk festival. I, I'm
2: just saying, yeah. it really could when, work. Yeah. When did you want last have one? When did you, want you last a have a,
0: a real ale? Did you last sort of? Do you know what really consume? put me off having the pub? I used to be the one that used to look after all the stillage, so I used to try the <laughs> try the beers and stuff. And yeah, I just I fucking hate this. Especially like first thing in the morning, it's like why Do I really have to taste a bit this? of First thing in the morning. Well, because 'cause you've got to you gotta make sure it tastes all right oh, before okay. you go you pour but it. How in you know
1: if you don't like it, you just go, Yeah, it just tastes like bit. Yeah. yeah, just take that taste. that tastes
0: shit, it must be all right. Yeah. 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 And then the okay. bogs are up okay. for the rest of the day. That's days. why we won so many so many accreditations. So many camera awards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen,
1: catch you all tomorrow then at the uh, at the game. Yes, at the game, yes. Um, and um, I, I I always say it on the spaces, but I'm going to say it on, on on here as well. People just keep coming up to me saying they love the podcast. There was a, a lovely lady who actually walked across the concourse at, uh, of the uh, Upper Graham Taylor the other day just to say, love the podcast, and I said, well, thank you very much. So, And we walked back with, who did we walk back with after the... Um, Milton Keynes game it was Uxbridge George and his son I think Oh
2: Peter. yeah yeah Uxbridge George oh he's a he's a lovely chap I met him at uh, I met him at the the pre-season game against uh against Southampton yeah. Um, at, at Wilson same ground as the ladies yeah no no lovely fella so lovely it does fella. it
1: does make all this nonsense worthwhile when um, people come across and they enjoy it so thank you very much if, you, if you've yeah, done that you, yeah thank you yeah yeah I've had the same same in the rookery it's awesome
0: so appreciate it
1: yeah probably time <laughs> to say goodbye um, <laughs> catch you all at Vicarage Road tomorrow and hopefully a better result than the last match there see you later everybody You Ewans, Ewans. podcast network it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery free In terms apply see mcdonalds.com
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans